listening to the New Mamas Podcast, a just chatting episode with Jenna, where we recount my birth story. Woohoo! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the pod. This is Lena Forrestal. I'm here with my doula, Jenna. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Lena. I'm so excited to be here. We are going to talk about my birth story, which is a long time coming. It feels like I kind of want I wanted to do it sooner, but, you know, newborn life was just chaotic. I thought about recording in the hospital and it was just that just didn't work for me. <laughs> but and I also wanted Jenna to be on because it would be more fun to have someone who was there to also tell it from their perspective versus me just telling my story. Like this was the whole point. Like so excited to have Jenna on. Jenna, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started. Um, so I am a doula tog, which is a doula and a birth photographer. And I um, care for and support parents in Hunterdon County and surrounding Hunterdon County, central New Jersey. I knew for this pregnancy I wanted support because I had no support first time around. I was a pandemic mom. Uh, so, so kind of like by choice and also not by choice, I didn't have any support. I didn't know what a doula was. I actually thought doulas were like midwives. I had no idea what a doula was. Um, but I learned that doulas support the mom during birth. And then doula tog, I wanted a photographer too, which was funny because Jenna did both. And I was like, oh, doula tog. Okay. Um, and it ended up being perfect. And we'll talk about it. But I don't know. I felt like you supported me 100%. And both, like, I can't think of like a time where I was like, where you're on your camera and I'm like, I wish she was doing something else or vice yeah. versa. Yeah. I think because I have a background in photography, it makes it less pressure for me using the camera than for someone who might have been a doula first and then adding it on as a service because they're worried about like the technical parts of using a camera. Mm, so I, I was agree. able to just kind of like switch it easy in and out of the role. Yes. So it could because it's like, second nature for you to be able to do birth photography that you're like oh all I have to do is like pick it up and like my brain just autopilot yeah the rest like I had the camera set the whole time and I'm like oh there's a good shot I'm gonna grab that shot and then I'll put the camera down and rub your back oh incredible yeah Yeah. okay so yes so doula tog yes oh yeah duh like doula if you want doula plus photography why wouldn't you want it guys listen if you're out there and you're like I would never want photos of me during birth and we talked about this too like some people like for me I was very comfortable in front of the camera obviously this is like what I do but even if you're not super comfortable just get the photos because even when Jenna and I were talking about it I was like well I don't want to look like SHIT and you were like well even if the photos don't go anywhere they're just for you Mm -hmm. and also I'm not gonna let you look like (laughs) SHIT like I will fix your hair I have no shame in like wanting my photos to look good that I've taken so you're not gonna look like SHIT yeah when you're behind my camera or in front of I'll be like mid contraction she's like hold up hold hold up let me fix this hair I'm like (laughs) full tribal woman yeah oh Okay, one sec. Need to change a dirty diaper. (laughs) Let's start with where this all started. So the weekend before Evelyn was born, she was born on Monday. I started to have like contractions around Saturday and they were like not Braxton Hicks. They were like, they felt like real contractions, but they also weren't Pitocin contractions, which I didn't know what a non-Pitocin contraction felt like because with Archie, I'd I'd been induced and I had Pitocin. So all I knew were those like crazy intense 
contractions. I had them in like waves. I had them and then they would go away. And then like I had them and then they would go away. And then I also lost my mucus plug over the weekend, which I texted Jenna about. I was like, "Mm, I think I lost my mucus plug. It was like just a lot of blood. But like it was like mucusy blood and it was like bright red. And I'd read about the mucus plug. So I like kind of knew what it was. But your mucus plug can can go anytime before like one or two days before labor or one to two weeks before labor. So it's really like not a great indicator of when because like I texted you and what you kind of said the same thing, right? Yeah, um, I think when you lose your mucus plug, you know, it can come out in pieces. It's not always one piece of mucus, you know, so um, it can be coming out for days. You know what I mean? Um, and then also with your mucus plug, it can be an indication that labor is 24 hours away or you could continue to be pregnant for another week. Um, yes. So you can't go off of that alone for sure. Then it was funny. So my parents got here that Sunday which we needed help to watch Archie. Again, if my parents weren't here, I would have been able to like phone a friend and have them watch Archie while I went in. Or the other backup backup plan was like, you know what, John just stays home and I have Jenna there with me. So like Jenna was a big part of like me feeling like I wasn't, no matter what, I wasn't going to be alone during labor because regardless, I would have her there. So not that I wouldn't want John there, but as everyone listening knows, I feel like most women know how like, men just it's not their not the thing it's not their thing it's like it's not their strength (laughs) i don't want to say useless but (laughs) i will say this time around though john was a lot more helpful Mm -hmm. i think because jenna was there to help guide him through what to do and how to do it because even john will say i blacked out the first time so okay so then sunday night i have like a series of contractions and my family plus john are all looking at me like wide-eyed deer in headlights what's going on i was like it's cool guys just having some contractions and i'm like bent over the table like breathing through it because it's like really painful i'm like i'm cool everybody i'll chill and then the next morning i go in for a scheduled appointment my OBGYN, and uh my blood pressure was high and then also my sugars they asked about my sugars my fasting blood sugars were kind of wacky the last like three-ish days but i just thought my glucose monitor was broken which is a dumb, kind of a dumb thought, but I just thought it was not working right, so I didn't think anything of it. But apparently, the high blood pressure and the high the high blood sugars and the contractions, my doctor said it was a sign that my body was in. She didn't say distress. I think she said distress. She said my body was stressed because it was like getting ready for labor. So she just said, "I think we should just have the baby today." And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean just have the baby today? And she's like, well, you know, with the bl- high blood pressure and high blood sugar, we really think that we should admit you today to labor and delivery. And I'd even asked, I was like, well, do we have to do that? Can I go home, pack a hospital bag? And she was like, mm, no, I don't think so. I think your mom should go and we should get you up there and get you hooked up to the monitors, monitors immediately. So it was weird because my practice feels very like, don't worry about it but we're worried about it. Well, you were also three centimeters dilated. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So those contractions were like really helping your body move through the process and you were doing good work towards going into labor. So I think at that point it felt like it would be a pretty 
easy induction. Mm-hmm. Thank you. For, this is why you're here to help me tell the story because <laughs> I'm already forgetting things. Yep. Also, your nails are really pretty. Thanks. <gasps> gel. Ugh, okay. I never do gel, but it looks so good. They look good. They're like a chocolatey brown. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. So on trend. Okay. So I was also three centimeters dilated, which was great because with my first pregnancy, it took forever. Ver. And you were not dilated at all when you went to be no. induced for Archie. Which I, I now I have feelings about. Yeah. Like, we should talk about those feelings. I think it's good for everybody to kind of understand inductions and how they work. Yeah. So I was induced the first time with Archie because of my gestational diabetes at 39 weeks. Now knowing what I know, my body was really not ready for any kind of labor. And that's why it took so long it was like all those drugs were forcing my body into having a baby that now the reason why they gave me to be induced at 39 weeks is that there's a this is what literally what they say there's a higher chance of stillbirth with gestational diabetes moms and i'm like ooh, that sounds really intense like i don't know why like i would and i think i mentioned it on the podcast before what's between zero and stillbirth i'm just trying to be careful with how i say this um I think that regardless of the gestational diabetes, the further along you go in pregnancy, the chance of stillbirth rises. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge liability for the practice to have a patient experience a stillbirth. So, for instance, moms who are like 41 weeks pregnant and they're like, hey, I don't know that we exactly conceived when we thought we did. I want to give my body time because maybe I'm not 41 weeks, maybe I'm 40. Mm -hmm. The doctor's like, well, the percentage of stillbirth is going up every week. So we don't feel comfortable letting you continue to be pregnant. And maybe that's also why they admitted me like (coughs) so fast during that one checkup I had with Evelyn was because of that liability. Like, With Evelyn, it was a little different. You were three centimeters dilated. Your body was ready to go. And you had the high blood pressure, which you did not have with Archie, right? No. So a high blood pressure is not something to mess with. Yeah. Right. Which is what my mom and I were talking about because my mom had preeclampsia. Yeah, exactly. With both, right? With both of us. Wow. Because you had gestational diabetes with both of us, but you only knew with Gabby because... They had the test then. They didn't have the test with me. I remember because we moved when I was pregnant. So the second prex that I went to, it was in the last trimester. And uh, I already were having signs of swollen, feet swollen, and hands, uh, the whole body. So just they just um, wanted me to go straight to the hospital in the last two weeks that I was starting to get swollen. And my blood pressure was high. They told me to go home and lay down, put our feet up, my feet up, and uh, that didn't help. So. And then you needed a C-section. I never, did, I never did a test to see my sugar. Interesting. Yeah, level. Interesting. So I have my second thoughts that I had gestational diabetes because at the time of delivery, it was very risky we had a whole team of doctors and nurses there with us and um yeah so how big was, were the babies she was only three pounds oh how many weeks were you um eight weeks early wow um eight weeks early wow yeah. 
So 32 weeks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Preemie, preemie. That's really, yeah. that's she scary. That was Lena? Lena. Wow. Yeah, that was you, Alina. <laughs> that's me. Preemie baby. The peanut. Preemie but healthy. She got the body temperature normalized. She went back to stay with me in the Aww. room. And she they just told me, feed one. her as much as you can because you're going to stay here for five days and she, you want to bring the baby home. I said, yes, that's my mission. Aww. And we did. That's exciting. That's, I mean, today it's funny because they're so, now there's like NICUs that. They would not let the baby would, go home at 32 weeks. No, no. absolutely. Probably not. Yeah. Wow. So my mom said I was there for one week. So it's funny how different birth change it, like things have changed in the last 30 four years wow <laughs> which like, is how a, old am i <laughs> yeah which is a good thing um so then i was i went to labor and delivery i remember texting jenna like so lol <laughs> going into labor and delivery and then you i was kind of like nervous and you were the one that kind of made me feel okay and excited because you were like yay this is a good thing hooray yeah. like you were like so excited that it made me feel like I don't know. Good. Like, mm-hmm. you made me excited. Because not to say I wasn't excited, but I was, like, more like, I don't have anything ready. I don't have a hospital bag. I'm dumb, everybody. Everyone, pack your hospital bag, okay? At, like, 30 weeks or sooner. That's my... The sooner, <laughs> the better. I mean, it yeah. doesn't hurt to have your hospital bag packed and put in a closet. Yes. Just do it. Sooner, the better. Like, do it right now. If you're listening to this episode, start yeah. packing your hospital bag. Don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate like I did. Because it's... Uh, <laughs> like, okay, yeah, you don't need anything. Yeah. but you want your stuff yeah because you're also there for so long regardless it, it feels long a blanket and a we bl- need you need to give me my blanket back do you know mom you know where her blanket is <laughs> it was washed all right we well if it. we don't have it today that's okay I think it's in- i'll find it i think it's in but yeah. i think that that was nice right having a blanket I like you can order yourself a pretty cheap blanket on amazon and put it in that bag so that you don't have to use their paper paper thin. cardboard sheets <laughs> Yeah, because it's cold. I was cold. Yeah. yeah. Bring a, like, fleecy, nice, warm blanket. That was definitely clutch. I I really loved that. Um, So then I was in, I was admitted around 10 a.m. And I told Jenna I didn't, because we really, really wanted, because you come during active, like, doulas usually show up, like, active labor. Right. So it depends. Um, I think for first time parents, you know, you might want the doula there sooner. Doula. Doula. <laughs> the doula there sooner um, because you don't know what to expect or how quickly things will happen. But as a second time mom, you knew that a lot of the early part of the induction was going to be spent rusting. Um, or making not Instagram in pain, reels. Or making content because that's what Lena does. <laughs> um And so we had talked about me not getting there until you felt like you had some discomfort and you really needed the extra support. Yeah, because I wanted you well-rested, too. I was like, I want her to be, like, well-rested. and Game time. Game time for game time. (laughs) And I felt the same way with John, too. Like, I texted John, my husband, everyone listening, and he was still at school. He works at a school. So not he was at school taking classes. I, I told him, I was like, no rush, but I'm in labor and delivery. And, you know, I'm still I was keeping him updated with like how dilated I was. And I said around like four or five o'clock, that's when everyone can show up for game time because they were going to give me Pitocin around then if things didn't progress naturally. Mm -hmm. So 
between the 10 and 4, I was hooked up with the monitor for the baby. And then I was also hooked up with the monitor for my heart rate and my blood pressure, I think. or my No, the, my heart rate. I had two monitors. One was for baby, one was for me. I'm taking out our notes. Oh, yes. Jenna's getting our notes for us, so we know. And then, so she, she and John arrived about 30 minutes of each other. I think John got there first, and then Jenna got there. And we ordered pizza. I wanted to, one of the things I really wanted to do for all of my nurses was I wanted to have like a thank you nurses basket with like, you know, the Starbucks coffee frappuccino things that are terrible for you, but they're delicious. I wanted snacks. Like I wanted to make something really cute, but obviously since I was admitted, you know, a week before I thought I was going to go in, I didn't have time to do that. So instead we ordered pizza for the floor, which everyone seemed to really appreciate. So that was that was cool. So if you listen to any of my earlier episodes, I think I mentioned that for pain relief, I really wanted to go with the least drugs as possible because I had really horrible reaction to, I don't know what it was, but I had a reaction to something. It was IV pain meds. It could have been that. It could have been the pups. Like I had full body allergic reaction for six weeks following Archie's birth. And that was like that was traumatic. I, I have I have completely blocked it out of my mind because it's it was so bad. But I remember like sobbing and like praying. I was like praying to God every day, like shaking, like, please make this pain go away because it was full body, like active hives for six weeks. It was bad. So I was like, OK, if I can diminish the amount of drugs I took, that would be really helpful because I don't know, maybe I'll maybe it's all related the thing I didn't the thing I didn't know was I didn't know that Pitocin contractions are different than regular contractions. And Jenna, very wisely, I think, actually chose not to share that with me. So you knew you were being induced um, and you were actually excited about being induced because you were like, I can plan for Archie. Yeah. My parents will be here. I can do it in the morning and have the baby by the end of the day which it actually did ha- end up that way lol so you did manifest <laughs> your birth I did manifest it <laughs> um but what i will say is that um when you were excited about the induction my first thoughts were oh <laughs> she's gonna have pitocin um which you know most i think most people who go into the hospital for labor do end up being administered pitocin at some point or another it's just pretty standard practice but um, especially if they're trying to have the baby out by a certain time frame, um, the Pitocin is going to be turned up to its highest potential. And so, yes, that is literally forcing your body to contract. And so it's artificial labor, which makes it um, more intense. Didn't know that. Yes. Which makes it harder to not get any pain relief. Yes. Which means the epidural. I left it pretty open. Like I didn't I didn't want it, to be honest, because who wants a needle in their back? And then you had also said um, that you didn't want to have the IV pain meds because it oh, made you yes. feel funny the first time. Yes. The I so they'll offer you like outside of the epidural, they'll offer you like um What's the one for the IV? There's like a I forget what the drug is. I don't is know called, what the drug is called. But it makes you high. It like legitimately yeah. like gets you high. The other one is um 
nitrous oxide. Uh-huh. And so that's like you breathe it in through a mask. Yes. And I think maybe we could have tried that. But I think you did. You said. I did. I was like, do you want to try the nitrous oxide? And you're like, no, give me the epidural now. <laughs> this was when things got real bad, everybody. Okay. So at first they put on the Pitocin and I was like happy-go-lucky, like, oh, let's have our Pitocin party. That was at 5 p.m. 5 p.m. we started Pitocin. I was like, yay, life is good. We were all hanging out. John was on his computer. We were chilling. Like, it was good vibes, yeah, right? Yeah, it was fun. We had lights. fun. It felt like we were in college. Yes. that's. I said I felt like I was in the living room with my friends. Like, yes. we were just hanging out, talking about, like, our lives and adventures we'd been on and it was fun yeah it was super fun like had a very had a great time and then and I also had a slice of pizza so pizza came oh yeah that was like my nurse was like I was like can I have a slice of pizza because technically I still had gestational diabetes like can't really have that and my nurse was like you can go ahead and have that (laughs) and she was like kind of doing it on the DL and then my doctor came in and like kind of gave my nurse a look and she's like all right we're gonna wait to break your water right to break my water yeah because once they break the water um, the contractions ramp up as well. So she was like, I don't want to break your water right after you had pizza. And then you get really nauseous. Mm-hmm. So that was nice of her. So then they broke, they came and they broke my water. The Breaking the water was like such an odd feeling. Did you have your water broken? Yes. Do you remember that feeling? I do. I remember being afraid it would hurt. Yes, me too. you at the time were like, am I going to feel it? Is the baby going to feel it? And your doctor said no. But what my doctor said in the moment that was really, it helped me to visualize it, was that the bag of waters um, are like a fingernail. So like when you cut your fingernails, it doesn't hurt. It's the same idea. That is really helpful. So the feeling was like, a gush and that was at 7 30 when you had your water broken 7 30 water broke i was six centimeters thank you for taking notes yeah, this is helpful sure. wow actually wow i was six centimeters when yeah so your That's body awesome. had done a lot of work already and you were really not showing that you were in so much pain at that time i don't know if your perception was that you were and you just have a high pain tolerance but i have you seemed very com- comfortable yeah up until that point I do have a high pain tolerance. I think that's what got it got me so far before the epidural. And then I tapped out and I really should have hung in there. But we'll get to that. So it was gross uh, breaking the water because I just felt really wet everywhere. And I hate being wet. I'm like a cat. Like, I just like hate the wetness feeling. So that was I just that was gross. That was like a we just kept changing your chucks pads. Yeah, I like didn't love that at all. And then around so they up they kept oh this is what jenna and i were talking about where they upped the pitocin like really fast okay here are my thoughts i don't know if maybe my doctor just wanted to go to sleep at a certain time because right after she delivered me i think she like went to bed (laughs) because the nurses kept calling her like being like her blood pressure is this should we be worried blah 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 and like she's like oh i'm sorry to bother you and i'm like oh she she, did she go to sleep she's like yeah she went to sleep i'm like i wonder if they (laughs) did it a little faster but not that i'm really complaining in a way because in a way it was good to get it over with but you also felt it was fast Give me, give me your thoughts um, as a professional. So I feel that they broke your water at 7.30, and by 8.15, which was 45 minutes later, they had felt that you hadn't progressed enough, um, just judging off of your verbal pain reactions. Oh, really? Yeah, so 
I mean, I would argue that from 7.30 to 8.15, how do they know how much you progressed if they didn't give you a cervical exam? And they didn't check me. That the There day. was no cervical exam at that point. I wonder if you're right, because I, I, like I said, I do have a high pain tolerance, so I was probably just like, ha, 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 yeah. LOL. So I don't know how they were measuring how much you had progressed, um, which, in looking back, it's kind of odd. But again, I don't know what your vitals were at that point because that's not what i'm focused on um so if they might have seen that her vitals weren't great it might have made sense to them to try to speed things along yeah and i wonder if they keep us in the dark a little bit so that you don't get nervous or right because fear is the enemy of labor yes everybody that was like my big quote like i jenna gave me a hypnobirthing book which then I gave back to her and downloaded the audiobook because I like to listen to books. But the hypnobirthing book, I will link it in the show notes. I think everybody should listen to the book or read the book, even if they're not going for like a true hypnobirth, because the stuff that they talked about in there was so helpful about mindset. And it really did help me. Like even like just knowing that fear is the enemy, like your body literally shuts down. Like they gave an example of a cat in the book. I don't know if you got to that part where that she was witness the the person who invented hypnobirthing was witnessing a cat giving birth and the cat was giving birth. And then there was like a raccoon outside, like causing havoc and the rat, the cat sensed it and saw it or sensed it. So she was giving birth in the, in a chicken coop and she literally shut down her own labor mm-hmm. and got up and left and gave birth to the rest of her litter in a different location. Yeah. So like if we are animals or derived from animals, like that fear and tension can carry into our own labor. And it's like, we're fighting our own body's natural process. So it's interesting. You say that um, when I, had a client who was having a home birth she was concerned that by having me there um which is an extra body in the room um it would stall her labor and that was actually a concern of hers when we were going through the um process of figuring out whether or not she was going to hire me um and thankfully that wasn't the case um the baby was born within 90 minutes of me getting there but um that was a concern so that is for sure a thing and Hmm. especially with hospital births i think having so many strangers come in and out of your room in a short period of time when you're going through such um a transformative physical moment it can be it can hinder the progress for sure Yes, it's a very vulnerable also state. You're naked, like your, you know, vagina's out. Mine was at one point. I couldn't do, deal with the robe. Everybody. Oh, we talked about this. Bring a little tank top. Yes, yes. Be- yes, that you don't mind getting dirty. Because I think mine, I brought like a I was wearing this like nice Beyond Yoga white tank that I like didn't necessarily want to get super dirty. But well, it looked beautiful for the pictures. <laughs> Spoken like a true photographer. It really did. I was like, yes, I love this. It's so much nicer than the robe. The robe was gross. And it was annoying because I had all the... I was hooked up to all these IV cables and the robe kept getting snagged on things and i was like just take this off so that was a yes bring a bring a tank top be naked from the waist down it's fine it's just a vagina everyone's seen one and if they haven't surprise they can see yours (laughs) but it's not you know it's nothing sexual that's what i think my mom and i were talking about too i forget where was i i was i had my boobs out and oh 
It was when we were, I was, we went to this thing outdoors and I was nursing her outside. My mom was like, oh, cover up. I was like, mom, these boobies are not like, no one's going to be, you know, ooh, yeah, nice engorged, engorged milk boobs, delicious. <laughs> no, and if you are, you're a sicko. But so bring a tank. Um, where, 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 okay, Pitocin, contractions okay. were getting really intense. So um, they upped your Pitocin at 8.15, and by 9 o'clock, you told me that you were ready for the epidural. Yes, and while, during all of that, want to share what you were doing to help manage my pain? Yeah, so um, up until 8.15, we weren't really doing anything um, because your pain was just being managed by distraction. Um once you started feeling some discomfort, we moved around a lot more. So we tried different positions, like you were sitting on the edge of the bed. Um, you went from the bed to the bouncy ball. You did some walking. Um, you found a lot of comfort in the bathroom. You really liked sitting on the toilet, <laughs> which I think um, it, it makes sense, right? Because like you have pressure down when you're sitting on something hard, like there's pressure on your body. Yeah, the position it's like squatting so that probably did a lot of um helping evie come down yeah um but i felt like i had to poop yeah I that. yeah and the pictures of you on the toilet are some of my favorite from i'm saving them to post them later but um those are really great pictures yes and i will share I'll also share the birth uh blog which i will have all of the pictures jenna took in so that will be in the show notes too so you can see like a visual like representation of our story of our story yeah i love that that's really cool that's funny that you you gave me the combs yeah Those so i gave really you the cool. combs the combs are really cool you can go on amazon just buy really super cheap dollar combs um and what you do is you hold the teeth of the comb down to the bo bottom of the palm of your hand and squeeze while you're having a contraction and that gives you counter pressure um not counter pressure acupressure it hits your acupressure points and can help to displace the discomfort that and that actually did really help up until i feel like the contractions were like a 10 out of 10 pay, uh, pain scale that's when everything for me went out the window although also jenna massaged my lower back I remember that was incredible. That felt amazing. Yeah. So, and it was funny because um, I started massaging your back with massagers. And then um, I was just kind of looking for your reaction to see if it was like helping or not helping. And it didn't seem to be doing anything for you. So I'm like, screw this. I'm just going to use my hands, even though like I don't have any proper masseuse training oh you did a great job <laughs> and um i was like i wish i have some coconut i had some coconut oil right now and lena's like i have some in my bag <laughs> i know who would have thought i i had yeah it's so like i got out the oil and you had like a hot oil massage as you were laboring and contracting and you let us know how that made you feel but i feel like that brought you a lot of relief it did. And my anesthesiologist was actually super annoyed by all the oil. Really? <laughs> yeah. He was so annoyed. So, yeah, eventually I did tap out and I asked for the epidural because the pain it was guys the like, wow, Pitocin contractions. I will. Do, I, I, I'm not saying this to scare anybody. I'm just like being real with everybody real with you all. I think if I hadn't had the Pitocin and it was just regular contractions, 
I don't think I would have tapped out because like Jenna was saying, I was managing pretty well. Like I actually didn't feel a lot of pain, but the Pitocin contractions, like they were, I was like shaking. Like it was so bad. So also though, you had the Pitocin from five to eight 15 and you were not in serious pain at that point or you were in manageable pain. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it would be accurate to say that when they upped your Pitocin at 8.15, that's when things felt unmanageable to you at that point. Yeah. And that was also 45 minutes after your water had broken. So I wonder if you had had the Pitocin and then waited for your water to break on its own Mm -hmm. and then not upped the Pitocin again, if it would have been more manageable. I agree. Yeah. Because remember she just came in, she's like, I'm just going to turn this up because why not? Yeah. And I remember being like, well, there's a lot of reasons why not, actually, yeah. sister. Like, yeah, I, th- I think we we might have exchanged glances <laughs> yeah. when she said that because we were both like, uh, because <laughs> like, well, then part of me is very much that like, why not like vibe, like yeah, why not? Let's just do it. LOL. Let's see what happens. <laughs> but then like that was a bad attitude because I just yeah, I I I was like begging. Yeah, I was begging for the epidural. I was begging for any kind of relief. Now, what I wish was different. Overall, birth for me, I loved my birth story. I loved this birth. It was great. However, the one thing Jenna and I both agreed on is why didn't they check, give me a cervical check, like, when I asked for the epidural before they called the anesthesiologist? I want to talk to you. You asked for the epidural at 9 o'clock. He didn't get there until 9.30. So for 30 minutes, you were in that desperate I need the epidural now I can't take this a minute longer kind of pain tell me what that 30 minutes felt like to you in your brain like try to go back to those minutes and and let me know like what was the difference in that pain from the pain before I wish I could describe the pain but it was like this just intense pain that came in waves and I could feel it coming like I felt like another wave is coming and it would just like take over like I almost like blacked out each time what I was going to say is all of the hypnobirthing all of the affirmations all of the things I thought that I had practiced kind of went out the window during the most intense parts of those waves it was just like yeah I feel like it like I left my body for those 30 minutes like it was just unbearable for you unbearable it was bad and I think that um What I knew was happening during those 30 minutes and as a doula I couldn't voice to you was that your body was in transition. So you were no longer in active labor. It wasn't early labor. We knew that at this point um, your body was going through, you know, the most intense part of labor. So in my opinion, if at that time you would have said, hey, before you give me an epidural, can you check my cervix? I probably, well, now I can safely say that you were 10 centimeters at that point because we'll continue the birth story from there. But um, that 30 minutes of that intense pain was bringing you to pushing. Yes. And so if you knew that it was only going to be 30 minutes and then she would have been out, you might not have felt the need for the epidural and those affirmations might have helped you. I yes, I can 100% agree. I can say that if if they if my doctor had checked me when I had asked for the epidural, told me I was 9 to 10 centimeters and said she's going to come in the next 
30 minutes at most, I think I would have said, let's do it. Let's just yes. not get the epidural because again, who I didn't want a needle in my back. No one does. Like it's not like everybody's first choice, I think. So yeah, I think I would have been able to just hunker down and wait for her. And I know what's funny. I think I remember you saying at some point in like the blur, I think she's in transition. I, I probably did. did. You might have said it to John. Yeah, I probably did. Because um, honestly, the moans sound different. The groans sound different from when you're in, you know, early labor or active labor to transition. It's a different kind of intensity. And oftentimes it becomes like lower sounding, you know, deeper voice, slower. And it's because that pain is so much deeper in your body, you know, like it's radiating through every cell of your body. This, I don't want to say pain, but discomfort, (laughs) Um, you know, but this is labor, right? Like you're bringing a full human into the world. It's not going to be a pretty light hearted experience. It's the most intense transformative moments of your life, you know, and, and of Evie's life for sure. Yeah. Like coming into the world. Yeah. I remember you saying, I think she's in transition at some point. I remember you also saying, don't be afraid to like yell or moan or be vocal, which really helped because I think I was trying not to be that person that you could hear through the entire labor yeah. and, and like it floor. doesn't matter we heard a lot of screams while we were there really yeah don't you remember we thought it was a baby being born every time oh, and the was... nurse is like nope nope that's just the mom <laughs> <laughs> lol <laughs> yeah so that was yep that was good um so then anesthesiologist finally they were like he's in his car driving here and i was like what the Blank. Also sucked like that they told you that. There was no reason for them to give you those details. It was annoying. Really? Yeah. It was annoying because yeah. I was like, he's in his car. They should have been he like, he's here? coming. Yeah. Why isn't he in the hospital? What is he doing? Yeah. Driving over here. He probably woke him up. He was in bed getting cozy with his wife. And you know, had to come do anyway. That was so then he finally And gets he was here. such a bro. Can we talk about that? Wait, I think they're all bros. Okay. I think they all because like It was so strange to me. Like he was <laughs> not what I expected. Really? Yeah. My anesthesiologist was totally different. Really? Yeah. It's funny because my friend Liv, who also gave birth at Hunter and Medical twice now. Twice? Or did yeah, Calvin I think was born. Anyway, but we were talking about how the anesthesiologists are always like frat guys. Yeah. And they are like have this like dumb confidence and we're kinda like, well, they kinda need to be confident if they're putting a needle in your back. Like mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's funny because yeah, he was such a bro. Yes. And almost like uncomfortably so. Yeah, 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 which uh, he didn't want to be there during the... Yeah, he ran out of the room. Oh, we'll get to the scene, but the scene uh, lives in my mind rent-free because it's it makes me laugh. So the thing I wasn't crazy about is when the anesthesiologist got there, only my nurse and him could be in the room at the, at the same time. I think we asked. I think I might have asked. We did, yeah. And they said no. Fine. Like, but then... It's just, that part wasn't great. And he worked, you know, to his broy defense. He worked, it's, to me, it felt like he worked fast and he worked really well considering I was like shaking pain. Now I feel like, again, if I was like shaking pain like that, I feel like they should have been like, I don't think she can get it or she needs it. Cause I didn't. They, the second guys, the second they, he finished putting the needle in my, or doing the whole thing. The, he's like, okay, I'm done. I felt 
the pre- I was like, I think I have to push. I have to push or something like that. And my nurse panics. Now, this is the scene that lives rent free in my mind. I feel like I need a push. I'm looking her in the eye. Like, I'm like, I need a push right now. I need a push. And she's like, wait, don't push. She was 30 weeks pregnant. Her pants are falling down because they didn't have the right size pants for her. Her I'm literally watching her pants slide off her body. The anesthesiologist is like, right now, right now. And he's like packing his stuff up to get out of there. Because apparently he's squeamish. This frat boy. Frat boy squeamish about birth. Hello? You give up a thermos for a living. For real? So she's also panicking. She doesn't have gloves on. And so she was like, I remember her looking at the red like alert thing and then looking back at the gloves looking at me looking at him i remember her like the panic in her eyes for like a solid minute and then i don't know what happened in between then i think i had another like wave or something and then i see like it felt like a swat team i think you use those words like people just flood into the room it felt like the entire floor came in i see him the anesthesiologist holding his stuff up above his head running out girl sister friend my nurse is like pulling up her pants it was just, and she was like, wait, wait, don't push. And I was like, I remember squeezing my legs together so I wouldn't, so she wouldn't slip out. That was crazy. And then my, eventually my, like everybody comes in, John and Jenna come in. I think you guys go to one side and the nurses are on the other. And then finally I see my doctor, Dr. Camiello, I love you. She floats in like a goddess. Like, I swear, this is how... I love that you think of her this way. It's very funny. Have you told her? No, I should tell her. <laughs> I had an appointment with her, too. I she probably would love to hear it. She flo- To me, it literally, she glides in like a goddess. <laughs> and the lights, because there's big lights behind her, she's, like, framed by these. Like, she's in the middle. The lights are... And it felt like, ah. And everyone... And she's like, okay, let's go. Now you can push. I don't forget what she said. And then I pushed... And during this pushing, it's funny because when I think about the pushing, oh, and so like epidural, nothing, guys, nothing got into my system. Like I started to feel tingly after she came out. But, and I think my doctor even asked, are you feeling any relief from epidural? I was like, I think so. I think I said that to make her feel better. People pleasing right until the end. Oh, Because like, I didn't want to be like, no. (laughs) But... Um, so she, I remember like, it's almost like an out of body. Like, I felt like I left my body. I felt like I was seeing everything from Evie's perspective. Like, I remember seeing like, it was like this darkness and then this like light almost like outline, which probably was the ring of fire that they say. Like, so either I was visualizing the ring of fire or like, I was, I don't know, visualizing stuff. You were there with her going through it. That's what it felt like. And then I remember pushing her out. The verbal cues from you and from John were really helpful. You guys like kind of bounce back and forth of like you're crowning or like we see her or like her head is there. Just another push. And she came out in like two ish pushes. I think I pushed for like I forget. I think you pushed for one minute. Yeah, maybe like one minute. I know I'm very lucky. She was born at 10.01 and uh, we walked into the room at 9.59 wow yes holy yes. moly that's literally fast. like from our perspective dr camiola is like okay come in both of you guys each one grab a leg we grabbed a leg you pushed and she was out like it was amazing yeah that was cool and now was it the visualization that helped me in that 
I will also say not having the epidural juice in me and being able to feel everything while that sounds scary when it's game time. It was great. Yeah, it was great to actually feel everything And the. I wouldn't even say that I felt pain when she came when her head came out. You actually you used the word that it felt like a relief to you. Yeah. And um, I hear that a lot from people that have um, pain med free births is that the pushing is actually feels good. Hover a little. The, pu- over, yeah. the pushing actually feels good. Um, and that once the baby is out, it's a huge relief. So you could, could you hear me yelling? Like, how did yeah. you guys know to come in? So we were outside the room with the door closed. And um, actually, John was telling me about the time that you got bit by a monkey in Thailand. John. LOL. So we're chatting about that. And um, his actually, he was telling me about your experience in the hospital there and how, like, the care was so great and the hospital was so nice. Very bougie. And then we hear you screaming in the other room. And at that moment, I figured the nurse is there, the anesthesiologist is placing the epidural, you're safe, we couldn't be in there. And John seemed upset, Um you know, his facial expression was showing me that he was uncomfortable with hearing you make that kind of noise. And so as your doula in that moment, and as John's doula too, in that moment, I was like, Hey, John, let's go, um, get that cup of coffee that we made. And so as we're about to turn away, you screamed again. And John was like, I think I heard her say, um, that it's time to push. And (laughs) So at that point, there was another nurse flying in and John was like, should we come in? And the nurse was like, if you want to, whatever that means. <laughs> and so we came in and that's when Dr. Camiola was like, grab a leg, grab a leg. Uh, that's It's interesting to hear that he seemed upset to oh, see yeah. me in that pain because I, you know, he doesn't show a lot of emotion. Yeah. I'm sure your, hu- your husband's, is your husband the same or similar? Yeah, he's the same. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So like, I'm like, oh, he just doesn't care about me. Yeah. Like, you know, like, no, he does all. care about you. Oh, I know. But... And he does. How are you kidding? But um, he did. He looked upset to hear you screaming like that. So in that moment as his doula, I was like, I want to remove him from the situation because there's nothing we can do other than listen to you scream from a wall. Oh. Um, but so thankfully, he was like, no, I think we should. Because we would have missed Evie's birth if we went to get the coffee. Can you imagine? <laughs> Which I would have understood because she just came so yeah. fast. Yeah. So thank God he had the intuition to be like, no, I think we need to go in there now. Yeah, that was good. And then, yeah, having you guys verbally cue me was helpful. Because I don't know if my doctor was... No, so we talked about that. Um, and I think that for some... People, it can be nerve-wracking to have things narrated to you, but to some it's comforting. And so at your prenatal appointment, which we talked about like all of the do's and don't wants um, that you had at that time, you had said that you felt like the narration might be helpful. Yeah. So I just went right into it. As soon as I grabbed your leg, I'm like, oh my God, I can see her hair. Now her head's coming. And we just talked through the entire thing and you were a champion. I mean, like you just pushed, you didn't say anything. We held your legs and she came out. Yay. Yes. And I do have audio of her birth, which John, it's funny because I was telling John something I really wish for I had of Archie's was his first cry. I still feel that way. I mean, he's, you know, your first and yeah, 
So I wish I had that. And John thankfully turned on his phone on voice memo, which was your idea, I think. It, well, yeah, because you wanted you had initially planned to set up the room like a recording Ooh. studio and um you were going to do it and you're like, John was like, well, what if the wires interfere with everything? And I was like, why don't you just do voice note on your phone? So nobody reminded him to do that. The fact that he remembered to do that was really nice. I know. I was so proud of him. Also thankful. Like it showed, I guess. Yeah. Okay. He does care about me because <laughs> he loves the fact, you. Yeah. The fact that through the chaos, he remembered that. That's awesome. So I'll play the audio for you guys right now. Oh, guys, oh my God. you're doing awesome. Yes. You can shimmy down a little bit. Okay. Um, you shimmy. have plenty of room. I just want to get your legs close. Okay, right there. Perfect. That's all I need. Yep, just like that. Just so I can get the bed out of here. This is cute. You're going to Okay, next. That's contraction when you feel it. I want you to take a deep breath in. Push in your bum where you're feeling that pressure. Okay. Push. Push in your bum. I do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're going to Thank you. 
stop the epidural juice they, they like, it out yeah turn it off which i was thankful for i was i was like i really hope i don't go numb from the waist down now now that's all over that would be annoying um my placenta was really short is that do you remember that yeah they said the cord was short and um that could happen you're i think it, it just depends like it's an organ right every organ's different every organ grows different she had enough cord she was fine um it wasn't an issue and it was also pretty small and Evie was small too, and you're kind of tiny, so it was cute. I don't know, do you, you had a cute placenta, Lena. Oh, I remember you said it was like a Polly Pocket. Well, you looked like, like a Polly Pocket to me. I was like, that is a cute visual. I don't know how she got that, but that's so funny. You did. I love that. Yeah, my. So she couldn't be put on like my chest. She was like put on my like stomach because the cord was so short. Yeah. And. Oh, what I loved about my hospital was that they didn't push for a bath, which I think they actually kind of pushed for for Archie. So I think things have changed in the last three years. And I've heard other hospitals like if you deny the first bath because you want the Venix right on the the white. The vernix, yeah. Vernix, okay. (laughs) You want that to like really seep into their skin. It's very good for them. Yeah. So they... They didn't push for it. And I heard at other hospitals, they treat you and your baby like they're diseased if like you leave the vernix on. But my hospital was really chill about it. So I'm I'm happy. I left it on for about a week and then we gave a little sponge bath. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And then everybody was chill with Jenna taking photos post um, post everything, which you'll see the photos in the birth blog. They're amazing. I think we have a photo of Evie um, on your belly while your placenta was still inside, right? I think so. so, Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that was, those were really cool. Again, having a birth photographer, like I didn't, I didn't realize how much I love the photos and love having them until I had them because you're like, oh, this is cool for other people, but I don't know if I necessarily need this. And now I'm like, ah, 
I get it. Yeah. Because it's such a moment that you also black out and kind of forget that it's nice to have it like frozen in time on not an iPhone. (laughs) And I think also like, um, so when I first decided to start offering birth photography, to me, um, the attraction to it was, you know, labor and delivery were physically the hardest moments of my entire life. And to be able to visually draw back on those moments in difficult times through the years, like as your life goes on, I felt like it would be invaluable to see like, wow, I got through that. Like that pain was the worst pain I've ever felt and I'll probably ever feel. And look at how strong I was and and look at what came out on the other end of that, you know? Yeah, so cool. Like that picture of you um, having the contraction where like the lights fuss shining down on your face and your hair is flowing and down and it you just look like a, a goddess. Like oh, you really do. You. Which is great because I wanted to get my eyelashes done, my nails done. I wanted to have full makeup contour, Kim Kardashian. I wanted to get my hair blown out and I didn't. My hair was super greasy. hadn't washed it in three days. I had like very minimal makeup on and I still looked, Jenna still made me look good, so... You looked good. Everyone, it's a testament to her photography (laughs) and lighting and everything. Angles. Angles matter. Uh, Yeah, so afterwards, Jenna grabbed a bunch of photos of the room. Actually, quick question. Would you have wanted to see, like, if your mother had photos, like birth photos, would you want to see them today as an adult? 100%. Is that something you wish you had? Yes, for sure. Like, Luca's already seen a C-section on TV. Nothing about the birth process is gross to me. Like, the nudity part of it's not gross to me. You know, the fact that it would be my mom, not gross to me. Like, I just think that the whole thing is so cool. Um you know, in regards to like science and what's actually happening that I would love to see photos of my birth. Yes, my mom wants to say something. (laughs) I just wanted to thank Jana for the job that she did at the delivery room with my daughter. Because I think that's the wish of every mom to have someone to represent them Mm. in the delivery room. And we could not be able to do that. Oh, so I'm very thankful that you did that for us. And uh, it's like having someone to advocate for you, for my daughter mm-hmm. at the delivery room. Oh, <laughs> love you guys. Well, mom, thank you so much. I know Jenna was amazing. Like, was so great to have. Yeah, from the heart. So good to have you there. Like, could we have done it? With- yes, of course. Like, you do things, but like theoretically like, couldn't have done it i don't think it would have been the same experience mm-hmm. without you like i don't know if it would have been as positive as it was yeah it might have been like a little bit scarier it was very intense very fast yeah i think we would have felt really alone like it was a really good dynamic having the both of you together like you and john like not saying like john like it's just it's and I think he would have agreed. Like, I think amazing. it's um, a common misconception that the doula is just for the person who's giving birth. And really, um, a doula is for both, for both partners in the situation. Um, I think, like, my focus, of course, is on the person who is giving birth. But the whole time I was, you know, making sure John had water, too. And, like, 
reading the room and making sure John felt okay. And like I said, when he didn't, I was going to remove him from the situation. Um, you know, so it's definitely as much as it is about you, it's really about making the whole family feel comfortable, supported, loved and held in their time of vulnerability and intensity. Yeah, and it takes like a special personality to do that. Yeah, for sure, I bet. Yeah. You can't just can't just be like anybody. So yeah, yeah. You got what it takes. Yeah, you got thanks. the you got the magic secret sauce, whatever <laughs> it is, that makes it so special. And and to, you have formula. Okay. Baby's crying again. I think she's was I feeding her? No, she fell asleep. So then afterwards they moved us from room to room, from the, the active delivery room to like the postpartum room um and jenna was also instrumental in helping us move all of our stuff and it's funny one of the nurses the one the one nurse that like did all the newborn stuff like the footprint and she was when jenna wasn't there she's like where did you find this doula and i was about to get defensive because i didn't know if she was like bothered with the pictures or like she was you know you assume that people are bothered yeah yeah. you felt protective like right away yeah and I was like, oh, well, she's like a friend slash like we met over Instagram and whatever. I didn't, I didn't like know where, I'm like, where did I find her? Not on the street, like on the street corner <laughs> holding up a sign, do for hire. But she, she was like, oh, because she is incredible. Most doulas leave pretty much right after birth. And the fact that you were like sticking around for a bit, hanging out, making sure like everything was okay, helping us move rooms like that was above and beyond so thank you very You're much welcome. i do feel like in the grand scheme of things um you know a birth when i go to a birth i am expecting that i could be there for 24 plus hours so in the end of the day the two hours following birth does not feel like um so much to give you know like i expect to be there a long time anyway and um you know, my whole role is to care about and support you. So if I left the second that your baby was out, I wouldn't feel like I was adequately supporting you. You know, I I think getting the baby out is obviously the hardest physical part. But, you know, then you deliver your placenta and you have all these decisions to make. Do you weigh the baby right away? Are you giving them this? Are you letting us do that? And I think that having a doula there for that first hour or two, especially to help with like feeding, if you have any issues with latching or questions about feeding, um, it can be really valuable. Yes, agreed. Especially also if it was my first, if it was our first too, I would have loved to have you there because uh, just we, when it was our first baby, we didn't know how to like change a diaper. Like, yeah, we yeah, exactly. Nice. So for that kind of like troubleshooting, <laughs> it's helpful to have someone to guide you in those first hours. Yeah, someone that you don't feel like stupid around to. Yeah. Because sometimes, some nurses are really wonderful. Then other nurses, you're like, oh, I don't want to look like a total like, idiot yeah yeah so it's just having someone that you're really comfortable with being able to ask all like the dumb questions there's no dumb questions but you know you feel like silly sometimes asking some of them yeah yeah loved it oh my gosh that was i think that was it pretty much and then i will probably record another episode talking about just like newborn life uh because that's it was uh your second, it's funny. It's easy, but at the same time, you forget how intense <laughs> newborn life is, especially the overnights and not getting a lot of sleep. So, yeah. So I'll have to recount and talk about that. And also, Jenna also provided postpartum support as well. Like you popped over, I think, 
a week after? Yeah. So, um, before the birth, typically I do one prenatal visit and, um, then following the birth, once you've gotten home a couple of days after you're home and settled in, I come and I do like a two to three hour, um, postpartum visit where like, we'll check in on your mental health, your physical health, how you're recovering, how things are, you know, adjusting in the home with the baby. And, um, at that time, if you, have a postpartum doula I'll clear you for their care that's great it's just nice to have so many people checking in on you like it's interesting because I noticed this time around they're more mom do you need anything sorry I noticed that the they're more intentional about the postpartum depression screenings this time around versus my first time I don't know if just, like, there's more discussion about it. Probably, yeah. Which is great. Which is wonderful. But I do wish that... It's it's really hard, I think, if someone is experiencing symptoms of postpartum depression to, like, fill out the questionnaire and hand it back to a stranger. Like, I feel like, yes, it's good that they're doing that. But also... For someone who had gone, I didn't go through postpartum depression. I had really bad postpartum anxiety. And part of why I didn't share a lot of what I was feeling was I was scared that they were going to take my baby away. Uh So I'm like, if I show any signs of weakness, of ineptitude, that I can't take care of this baby, they're going to, CPS is going to come steal my baby, which was part of my anxiety. Yeah. So I don't know. It'd be nice if they assigned you like... A behavioral health so i don't know if it's a new jersey thing or if it's on a hospital basis hospital by hospital basis but um the hospital that i delivered in actually they did have someone um a mental health specialist call me once a month i believe for wow. the first three months to check in what yeah yep that's amazing yeah. and did you have like were you were you okay opening up to i was um I'm an open book kind of person, so I don't know, like, if I was a more closed, you know, um, quiet kind of personality, if that would have felt uncomfortable to me. But I felt like it was really helpful. And I mean, like, the first month she called, I was a mess. And then the third, by the third month, I'm like, all right, bye, girl. Thanks so much. Love ya. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's good that you, like, I was very impressed by that. Yeah, it's something, right? And I think as a doula, too, um, you know, my responsibility doesn't end right after the postpartum visit. You know, I make a point to check in with people weekly, biweekly, you know, via text or a phone call just to make sure you're doing okay. Because I think you definitely would feel more comfortable telling me that you're not feeling okay mentally than maybe your OBGYN. Right, yeah, who's, like, very clinical. Yeah, so at that point, like, we can, you know, assess, and if things aren't going well, I can help you to take next steps, give you referrals, things like that. Yeah, that's great. It's, like, you know, if you think that you don't need the support, just, like, it's almost, like, plus one, like, what you think you don't need. Like, even with my... Because I'm, like, okay, I already have John. Do I really need... I remember this was when I was looking to hire someone. I was, like, well... Do I really need someone? I already have John and there's all the nurses and stuff. And I was like, no, I'm going to be like realistic and say plus one to everything I think I don't need. Because the first time around, I had the same thoughts of, oh, I don't need this. I don't need that. I don't need help. And I really did need the help. So two seconds. Sorry, baby was crying. Uh, my brain like shuts off after a while. I'm like, I need to care for this baby. Um, Gosh. Oh, yeah. We were talking about 
what you think you don't need for care. Um, Same thing with my postpartum doula. I was like, do I really need someone? I have my mom here. But it actually has been helpful to have her come and do like a not quite an overnight, but a night shift. So that way, like my mom can rest, I can rest. And then we're good for like the next day. So yes, be conservative or not conservative, I guess, whatever the word is when it comes to like care, like always assume you need more. I think something that um, I like to tell people is um, a lot of new parents really glorify um, products like the Snoo or a Mama Roo, which can be great, but they're super expensive. And there are other things on the market that do the same things pretty much for a lot less money. Um, and the money that you're going to spend on a Snoo, you should spend on a doula. Like having someone who is there to walk you through pregnancy and birth and postpartum is worth so much more than a fancy gadget. Oh, uh, yeah. Because let me tell you, there's the nature and rocking chairs or gliders that people talk That's a grand. Okay. Okay. How much is this new? Uh, like thirteen or 1400 What? Yeah. I didn't know it was that much. What yeah. does it do? Um like you can strap your baby into it so if you're a parent who's really anxious about safe sleep me um I liked that my baby my baby couldn't move you know he was strapped down <laughs> physically to a mattress um but still yeah <laughs> sounds kind of crazy $1,300 but $1,400 for peace of mind and yeah. you know we didn't buy ours we rented it yeah but put a doula fund on your registry, you know, and, and have your, have your family and friends contribute to that and don't pay it out of your pocket. But it's something that you will never regret. Having birth Mm -hmm. photos is something you will never Never regret. Agreed. You know, so I think that people, it needs to become more mainstream. People need to know what a doula is. The fact that many people don't until they're in the position where they might need one, it hurts because I think if people went into pregnancy knowing, oh, look, I've got this great support, they could have a much better experience. Yeah. Yeah. And my point is like with the prices of things is like uh, you add up the snoo and that nature and glider and and it pays for it. And you got a doula. I yeah. mean, or, you know, the baby Bjorn bouncer. That's like a hundred or two hundred dollars. Yeah. Like everything like that you spend like adds up. But all of that. I'm not saying you don't, you don't need, listen, I got a, I got a nursing chair off of Facebook marketplace for a hundred dollars and I am very happy with it. So I don't, I am very happy with like hiring my doula tog. And you can <laughs> and still hire, get this new, like get it used, yeah. you know, get, yeah. get it secondhand. Yep. Yeah. You could still get all these things just like, and that's what I did for my like budgeting is like, okay, I budgeted for my postpartum doula and my doula tog. I knew those were two things I absolutely wanted. My mental health was going to be like, because my mental health was so bad with Archie. If you've listened to my old episodes, those of you who have been here from the beginning know I've been through a journey that and I was like, this time I will not. And like, yes, I've had a few panicky little thoughts here and there and like little intrusive thoughts, but definitely so much better than the first time. So but yeah, you can you can budget like get it used, get it Facebook Marketplace. Go in on something with a friend. If you have yeah. a friend that's like looking to get pregnant around the same time as you, or maybe like she's pregnant and you're not yet, or vice versa, split stuff. That's what my friend and I did for this uh, four moms bassinet thing. 
that like it's interesting i like it i like the white noise i like the quality i like the stability of it when you can press little buttons and it like makes the bassinet move i think because she's so little it feels like a six flags ride when i put her on it so it's a little much this new kind of does like the same thing it rocks back and forth and um just do that it so i don't know but my husband used to say that when we turned this new on its um, highest mode, he used to call that blender mode because <laughs> the baby would just be jiggling like jello. I know, that would make me feel so Yeah, weird. yeah, like, it did, it did, but it did calm him. I mean, it works. It Right, it, it works. So I'm like, why? Yeah, this one is so, why does it, I thought it would have like a gentle swish motion and it does not. It's like all or nothing. Yeah, it's like figure eight, like uh, it's just like does these weird things i don't know i i don't know if i recommend it brand new i recommend it if you split it or get it on sale with a friend yeah so but yeah jenna thank you so much yeah, for being here with thank me today you. thanks for letting me yeah it was so nice this was your first podcast appearance yes yeah? yes first of many first of many hopefully yes yes we're gonna get jenna to do the podcast circuit because i think she's great and has great attitude she was the one that also coined for me coined the phrase birth vibes birth vibes instead of a birth plan <laughs> my doctor really liked that too yeah i mean so plan like is not a thing right you can't plan with birth um so vibes preferences vibe sounds cuter i think um but yeah like plan is there's no such thing as a birth plan right because our bodies do what they want to do thank you i always i i say that because like i didn't plan with archie and even though it was like not I don't think it, it was not a bad birth, but it wasn't like my favorite. It wasn't like the ideal for me. I think because I didn't go in with like the expectations of one thing, I wasn't unhappy afterwards. Mm-hmm. If that sounds weird. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I think yeah. a lot of people make birth plans and then get let down when it doesn't go the way that they hoped it would. Yeah. Yeah. So Jenna's great. Um, share where everybody can find you um so right now you can find me on instagram at jmtnj photography um where you can view my work like sort of a as a portfolio in my feed and um you can reach me via dm there with any questions you might have yes and if you're in new jersey in the hunterdon county area follow at hc mamas oh yeah for sure i mean anywhere in central new jersey we have people like from surrounding counties too yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah yeah. but we do fun stuff yeah fun stuff all around the area it's a great community of moms she has a whatsapp group which is always popping and the group is split out into like pregnancy postpartum older children like baby years which is really cool because it's like a it's like an all-day chat we should do an episode on how to start a mom's group I would love that. That's cool. Actually, yeah, I'd be curious. Like, yeah, how... yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to do an episode about that. We should. Okay, so guys, stay tuned. We're gonna have another episode with Jenna um, about that. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. Pop into the show notes. Check out Jenna's work. Give her a follow on Instagram. She is amazing. Definitely check out my birth blog with all of her photos. Very, they're really cool photo. I really like them. Maybe I'm biased because they're mine birth but (laughs) they're really cool it kind of helps visualize the story that we just told uh and thank you stay tuned next week for the next episode bye bye jenna bye thanks for joining us this week on the new mamas podcast 
This podcast was created to help first-time moms everywhere navigate this new stage of life and talk about the honest and the raw moments in motherhood. I'm your host, Lena Forrestal. I'm a working mom by day and a blogger, photographer, and podcaster by mid-afternoon. And as a first-time mom myself, I'm on this journey with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite listening platform. You can donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash newmamaspodcast. Stay in touch by following us on Instagram at newmamaspodcast and Lena Forrestal. Thanks again and stay tuned next week for the next episode. Bye!